Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we are back on the death lineup here, Brian and myself. And it looks like we're back on Facebook now. For those who listen only through the podcast, they may not know this, but we try to live stream this show to YouTube, to Twitter, to Facebook. And Facebook has been a little mean to us. Like, they don't tell me why they disallow my sharing. They just say, oh, just read the guidelines. And then I read the guidelines and I go, why did we get banned? So I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to say anything bad about Facebook right now because they may be listening and then they're going to ban me from streaming again. But at least for now, it looks like we're back on Facebook. And the reason why Facebook matters to us is because on the BSPN page, the Facebook page, we have like over 7,000 followers. So Thank you to all of those people who are following. Very heavy um, Filipino uh, living in the Philippines as well because the Warriors have a very large fan base out there. And I can tell a lot of the people who follow us through the page are also in the Philippines. So shout out to everybody who's following on Facebook. All right, let's get to the nitty gritty here. We've been, it's been a little bit over a week since we last chatted uh, after the draft. And so what happens after the draft is free agency. And during free agency, we knew the Warriors were going to possibly lose a couple of players because they sort of outplayed everybody's expectations. And the first player that they lost was uh, Gary Payton II, the young glove. Brian, give me your thoughts. I know you love the young glove. Uh, give me your thoughts on on you know what you think. Why did they lose him? Could they have? Can they afford to lose him? Is this going to come back and, and bite them in the butt? What are your thoughts on that? It's a tough loss. Um, you know, it wasn't just like a role player. Like for for example, Bob, Bobby Portis for the Milwaukee Bucks was very important for them to keep after their title run the year before. And you know, he's a really good role player, and so is Gary Payton. But I think the thing with Gary Payton is like he might be maybe the best guard defender in the league. Like when you think about all the great defenders, the Marcus Smarts, the the Gary Paytons, the Drew Holidays, I think Drew Holiday, I mean, uh, Gary Payton like competes with them mm-hmm. in terms of just being like, who, who can guard the point guard and the shooting guard the best? I think Gary Payton might be the best in the league. So that's like a huge tough blow. And I think that one's going to, that one's going to sting when we play the Trailblazers and Gary mm-hmm. Payton's just hounding Steph. I think, I think MT or, Calcomi said that or Slater said that on the athletic, but I totally agree. And I, I feel like the Warriors out of all the championship teams you look at, this might be the worst job of retaining the the roster from the championship teams. Like the Bucks did a pretty good job um, the year before that. I guess I guess the Lakers kind of kind of let people go, but the Lakers brought in talent because they thought that that talent was going to be better. Mm-hmm. And it ended up not being so they, they you know, but with the Warriors, it kind of feels like we're just getting outbid outpaid because we have the highest payroll you know they 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 maybe think that some of these uh the kamingas and the moody's will will take a rotation spot and take a jump take a leap um but yeah gary payton we talked about who's more important for the warriors in terms of gary payton or kevon looney i think i went looney um but it doesn't take away from how important gary payton has been for us this year and that one's a tough one okay i never take the side of management i am very much pro player 
I'm very much about players getting as much money as they possibly can. The Warriors were a little hamstrung. And I think what happened is, is the, the fan base was like, you guys are already paying an exorbitant amount of money for the roster. What's an extra 30 million or whatever it would have taken for, for, uh, for GP because the, the contract was what three for three for 28 or something like that. So it was almost, yeah, something like that, almost 10 million a year. And so that 10, because of the escalators and, and the luxury tax, that 10 is not 10. It's, whatever it was 50 it's or, multiplied by 7.25 i think yeah so 70 million dollars or yeah. you know almost 70 million dollars for one season of uh of gary payton so i understand why the fan base is frustrated because they're like look you guys just won a championship you're so rich but at some point we knew lakeup was going to say okay like we have to start thinking of you know the next year and the next year and the next year and so i my my interpretation of this is Wiggins is is up at the end of this season, this upcoming season, right? So he's playing on a, a deal where uh, this is his last year. Jordan Poole is up next year. He is pe- he is playing on a deal that uh, his rookie deal, which ends after this year. So I don't think this GP thing was as much about now as it is about next year, and. Uh, but again, I completely understand why fans are frustrated about this. The other thing about this is Gary Payton played in a backcourt that had terrific shooting, had fantastic um, – uh, when, you, when you play with Steph, like he's he's one of the best players in the league. And some of what he did, he could do – because he was not asked to, to play offense, essentially, he was the he was the JaVale McGee of, of just kind of you know backdoor, you know uh, alley oops. Um, you would see him go backdoor for rebounds and putbacks and such, but there was not a focus. Like they did not account for him to bring offense to this lineup, and so now you're a ten million dollar a year player if you are playing for Portland, is that same expectation there? I don't think so because Portland doesn't have the depth. Portland doesn't have Steph. Now they have Dame and Dame is about as close as you're going to get to Steph from a point guard position when it comes to scoring. But the other pieces around him uh, that enabled him to just focus on defense and not really have to do anything else. I think that is a big part of this as well. And I think what we may see is we may see, you know, GP may make all league defense, all NBA defense, one of the one of the three teams, but his value might not be as high because what might expose him a little bit is that he may have more responsibility on the offensive end with Portland. And that's something that that I'm interested in seeing. But I'm rooting for that guy. Like that guy, he works so hard to get where he's at. He was playing summer league last year, right? As a 28 like year old or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. And so uh all all credit to, to what he's been able to do. I'm so happy that he got paid because that's the whole goal of this thing is to make a living and be a basketball player. And but we'll see. We'll see if playing in Portland, he could do some of the same things, or if his value is a little bit less because Portland is not that good of a basketball team that's gonna be something i'll watch and you know of course rooting on for him as well so you mentioned it looney versus gp who's more valuable in the league like to the rest of the 29 teams in the nba i kind of wonder if they had gary payton jr more valuable but to the warriors i think kevon looney is more valuable yeah and is there a stat in basketball that's like baseball's war stat. Is that wins above replacement? There, I'm sure there's one that's that's similar. I've got to think that Looney's is like higher than GP's for us. And in, in like in context, you know, if you don't get Looney, it's James Wiseman. Are you really about to throw him back in there and fray <laughs> as a starting center, or do you just start small ball? Like you needed you needed Looney. I didn't think there were many other options out there that fit in the system like Looney does. I know we were watching contracts, like guys signing deals 
Um, and I thought Looney were better. Looney was better than a lot of the guys that were signing deals, yet he still signed for less. He gets did you did you hear Nate Duncan with Anthony Slater? I did. What did you think about Nate Duncan's point, which was what the Warriors ask Looney to do is of lesser value than what some of those other bigs are asked to do by their teams, and thus that's why their value is higher on the open market. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he was saying that what's like the main play, what's the yeah, the main play that every team runs, and it's pick and roll. And it's important to have a big, I guess, that can that can finish on the other hand and have a good, you know, be good on offense, get a lob throw down. I remember last year, or it was this year, I think no, I think it was last year, when Wiseman was hurt. Um, and I think you pointed this out too. Steph, um, Steph was Steph can't lob it to Looney. He has to like have to do the bounce pass or like the just hand it off. And to him. sometimes you can do a perfect pass and he just fumbles it out of bounds. Yep. Though he got a lot better at that in the playoffs. Yes. And I remember Steph looking at Wiseman and like kind of having a conversation with him and saying like, because I think Looney got the ball instead of uh, instead of the instead of he didn't get the lob. He got the ball and then, you know, does his pump fake, gets fouled, goes to the line. I think Steph was a little frustrated. Maybe that was his assist that he wanted, but he goes, the, <laughs> he goes to Wiseman and he's like pointing to the sky like this for yeah. you. That would have been a lob. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think that, you know, the like Duncan said, the main um, the main play everyone runs is pick and roll. You got to have a you got to have a big that can that can, you know, f- finish on off off of the pick and roll. And Looney kind of is not really that. So, Lo- I mean... Looney is a turnover waiting to happen in the pick yeah. and roll. So, I think he's right in the sense that what the Warriors, you know, are asking Looney to do is essentially what? Play good defense. If you get switched onto a guard, you know, he'll be fine. Rebound and just play within the system. You know, if, if Steph's relocating, Looney's 100% sure re- uh, waiting and ready to make that pass. There are guys that don't fit in the Warriors system. We saw it with Kelly Oubre. You know, there are there are bigs that they could have brought in who are technically probably better than Looney, but maybe don't fit into the system. But when I was seeing like Hartenstein, Zubac, um, you know, a lot of people, and probably rightfully so, have Nurkic ahead of Looney. Yeah. Um, I'm not the biggest Nurkic, Nurkic got $70 million. Guy. Got a lot of money. A lot of these guys, I think, signed for more than than Looney did. And I, I forget if it was Slater that was saying that like Looney kind of got in a pinch again with with this contract year on how just that there wasn't much market out there for him. And he just ends up right back with the Warriors. A great for the Warriors. It's, you know, what he signed for is nothing to sneeze at for the normal human being, though. For Kavon Looney, I'm sure they probably had hoped that the market was a little bit bigger for him. But Again, this is one of those things where, very similar to Gary Payton, Kavon Looney, because of the system around him and how well he has played into that system, he is so perfect for the Warriors. The other thing he doesn't really do is block shots, though he had a couple of games in the playoffs where you're like, oh, Looney can actually jump a little bit. Uh, You know, there's a couple of putback dunks, you know, that he had. So there are flashes of that stuff but you can't expect that on a consistent basis hence the reason why they drafted james wiseman instead of someone like a lamello lamello ball because they wanted that ability for what steph wants to do in in those moments uh you know what they could do with javel mcgee back in the day uh, and i know like a lot of people are like yeah but we want wiseman to be better than javel of course you want him to be better than javel but JaVale also signed a big contract with Dallas, so good for JaVale. Uh, it was good to see that. So, Young Remart says, Curry is the best. He came from Facebook, for those listening on the podcast. This is why I like Facebook, because I get a lot, of, a lot of variety of people who are kind of checking in. Thank you, Remart. Um, okay, so some other, some, some, some other things happen, and, and I'll, I'll put a little splash page up here. So, obviously, we talked about Kevon Looney, three for 25 and a half. Gary Payton leaves for three for 28 to Portland. And also, Wilt Jr., Otto Porter, uh, he left to go to Toronto. I believe his wife maybe is is Canadian or something. like. There, there's a tie there from a family perspective for, for Otto. But, man, Toronto is just building an entire team of guys who are like 6'8 with long arms. So he'll fit in perfectly. Uh, hope from a health perspective, uh, you know, because he he was he had the foot injury near the end of the year. Um, the Warriors also signed uh, DiVincenzo, a.k.a. the Big Ragu, which is my favorite nickname. And you don't understand this nickname. 
I'm not sure how you can be my child and not know Happy Days references because I was such a giant Happy Days fan, but the big ragu is is a Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley character. And so DiVincenzo, the big ragu, uh, he's a guy that's going to come in and he's going to catch and shoot. And the Warriors love guys who can catch and shoot in the corner and, you know, hit, hit threes. Um, he's going to fight on defense. He may not be a fantastic defender for for them. Not, you know, of course, not like Gary Payton, uh, but he's a baller and his career got sidetracked a little bit because of injury. And then he was traded to Sacramento. Uh, so what do you think about the DiVincenzo signing? DiVincenzo was a big piece to that Bucks ring. I'm actually not sure. I don't think he actually played in the finals and they were still able to get it done, but he, he was big for a good role player to help them get there. Uh, yeah, like you said, catch and shoot, a good shooter, not a bad defender. I wouldn't say he, you put him on the lead guard. Like if you, John Morant comes to town, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't trust many people against Ja, but DiVincenzo is definitely not one of those guys. I think he's, he's good. Maybe, maybe average, maybe a little above average in terms of defense. But like you said, catch and shoot um, fills that gap a little bit. And I, I like it. I think it's a good signing. Can, and you know, when you, you see signings like that, I immediately start wondering about lineups. Can he play on the second team with Jordan Poole? Like, can you play them together? They're both about the same size, right? The J- Jordan Poole's about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, Is DiVincenzo about the same size? Without looking it up, it sounds like I would guess 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I'll look it up just to make sure. But because if he can, if he, if he, if he is able to play with Jordan Poole, like Jordan Poole is a ball handler. Jordan Poole's shot creator. It says DiVincenzo, according to basketball reference, is 6'4". So if if Jordan Poole, as a creator, as somebody who's going to be a ball dominant, obviously, um, I'm just interested if they can play together because that would be an interesting an interesting twosome. And, and then, you know, whether Mo- Moses Moody can play the three in that lineup or not, but there's going to be opportunities, especially offensively. And the one thing I like is, you know, there were moments last year. If Steph was out, it was like, okay, if Jordan Poole doesn't get this bucket, like, is there anybody else who's going to get this bucket? Now Wiggins did it in the, in the playoffs. Uh, and, and, you know, to some extent, I'm I'm interested to see what they do there. Obviously, Kaminga, Moody, um, you know whether or not any of these rookies, maybe uh, maybe a little Gee, who knows? Well, we'll talk about Gee here in, in a little bit in the last segment. But yeah, so ultimately, if you were to grade this free agency period for the Warriors, and we'll go over their their entire roster in, in a second here. Losing GP sucks. Losing Auto sucks. Resigning. Uh, Looney is great. DiVincenzo sounds like he's going to fit into sort of this new, you know, we always hear about heat culture. We may have our own warriors culture here. Uh, what do you, so if you were to give it a grade, what do you think? I think on paper, it's like a C. If you think about it, like losing GP, losing auto, not big lose, uh, not big guys to lose, but D Lee and JTA as well. Um, like, I think if you just look at it on paper, and you add DiVincenzo and you lose these guys, it's it's not a good grade. But I think you have to add in the factor or the element that I think they're expecting jumps from Moody and from Kaminga. They're expecting Wiseman to be back. And maybe the ex- expectation didn't work last year because they expected Wiseman to be back and he didn't play a single game. But it feels a little more optimistic this year. The guy's going to suit up for Summer League in a couple in a week here. So I think they're just expecting, you know, Moody to become... 15 to 20 minutes per game, solid rotation spot. Like you said, maybe a three in that second lineup with DiVincenzo and Poole. I can see it happening. Um, and the same with Kaminga. So, you know, these guys were uh, didn't touch the, the court in the finals in important minutes, and they're 18, 19 years old. And, you know, they've gotten a full season of, of basketball. They're about to get summer league. They're in the Warriors culture. Um, <laughs> I, I, th- I think that I think that they're going to they're going to be they're going to be consistent good role players this upcoming year. Okay. So, I, so with that, with that though, with that, I, I would, I'd give him, I'll give him a B. Okay. So, uh, Quindary Weatherspoon becomes a free agent because I think he was on, was he on the two way last year? He was on the two way. 
Um, so I think the thought process is he's going to sign uh, with the team uh, mm-hmm. and sign a, a regular deal to be on the 15-man roster. You mentioned Juan Toscano-Anderson goes to the Lakers. Uh, kind of a bummer because he's such an easy player to root for. Hope that he gets a little bit more run. Uh, but I also hope that uh, he's going to be a little bit like uh, Baysmore and just be like, I think Man. that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> Man, I know, I, I know, you know, uh, I, but, you know, Bay, in Bazemore's situation, he left the Lakers. He left the Warriors to go to Lakers. Toscano kind of knew that the Warriors were, were not going to be uh, interested. So he, he I'm interested he, he, how that works, because I think that when they don't put that qualifying offer on him, like, does that mean he can't come back? Or there's there's something with the rules, because I, I saw that when they didn't put the qualifying offer the guy hadn't even signed anywhere yet but it's like thank you Juan Toscano for what you yeah. did like the, on yeah. social media and he hasn't even signed for the Lakers so I'm guessing like if you don't put the qualifying offer or whatever the tender or whatever it's called then maybe you can't resign him but now I'm wondering like with Kundari we are able to resign him because I, I know the Pistons were doing that too with uh with the man Luca Garza and hmm. they just like put out like a thank you Luca a Garza and and he they just didn't give him the qualifying offer. Yeah, maybe they maybe they were just moving on, and they're like, "Hey, go go find a deal because we we need to move on." Yeah, it could be something like that. Uh, another guy, Damian Lee, signs with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he was he threw the first pitch <laughs> at the Giants game, and then all of a sudden we we started seeing uh, Woj and, and and Shams talk about how he he's signing with the Phoenix Suns. Another good guy, I think. You know, I think if Steve Kerr didn't believe in him so much, I think the fan base would have been a little bit more open to him. You know, maybe not being the the best bench guy, but I think it's because Steve Steve Kerr was just like, I believe in this guy. He works hard. He's going to get run. And we're like, no, why? Uh, but D, so, so D. Lee with the Suns. And then uh, Chioza, uh, he's free agent. They are not going to bring him back more than likely. And Bielitsa goes to play overseas and he is not coming back. So there are multiple open spots on this roster. Andre Iguodala also free agent. We'll see what happens with him. But so this leads to uh, the roster question. So if we add Looney and DiVincenzo, that is uh, to Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, Wiseman, Kaminga, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, that's 10. So they have 10 players locked in. Now, Patrick Baldwin Jr., he's going to be number 11. Uh, and uh, Ryan Rollins. Ryan Rollins. Uh, I mean, they, he, he's not on a guarantee, right? He's a second, second, uh, second round pick. My guess is they want him to be on the main roster. So that would be 12. Quinn Derry. If they bring him back, which we think we think we uh, they will, he will come back and be number thirteen, and then Andre, Ooh. Ooh. Andre is fourteen, and then Lester Quinones as already signed a two way deal. From what I understand, he would be fifteen, so that would lock in their roster. Now the wild card is obviously Andre. Andre could not come back, right? He could definitely just be like, I'm out. Um, Ryan Rollins, as a second-round pick, he's not on a guaranteed deal. So they could... I'm not exactly sure the rules. That That's something that I need to learn, uh, actually, a little bit, is can you... Uh, if he's only on the two-year guarantee, can you stash him in Santa Cruz? And does he count on your roster? That that would be a question that that I would have to figure out. But is there? It doesn't sound like there's too many open spots on this team, and maybe the Andre one. And I'd I'd rather have Andre than than just about everybody, just because of what he means to the squad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Is there anyone else that could could they make a trade? Is there going to be? Um, oh no! You know, a, a spot. Maybe someone gets hurt. Maybe maybe the maybe the Rollins injury gives them a little bit of wiggle room so they can bring in more people. Because it'd be crazy if like they come into camp and like all 15 spots are locked. And they're like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, I, I don't. When you said it like that, when you said it on paper and when we started counting, I was like, damn, they really don't really have any 
have any space there. Uh, Lester Quinone, as you said, two two year deal, isn't he? On, no, I think he's uh, on a two way. He's on two way. On a two way, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. on a two way. Um, man. Then our guy Gui Santos. Yeah, <laughs> that guy he, needs to spend a year in Santa Cruz. I don't really have an answer to that. I don't. I don't totally know because you're right. They 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 drafted three guys. Two of them probably expected to be on the roster. Ryan Rollins breaks his foot, or it was found that he had a fractured foot, mm-hmm. and he's he's sidelined for all the summer league, which I'm sure they were looking forward to watching to see yeah. if you know they they were going to make that decision and put him on the roster. Um, man. Yeah, I just didn't realize how many spots were filled. Yeah, there may be roster machinations that I'm not smart enough to know about that Slater will tell us about, that Nate Duncan will tell us about. Uh, but that that's as far as I know it. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Okay. Before we get to the Summer League, which uh, you and, and I and uh, my dad, your grandfather, went to on Saturday, we got to answer this KD situation question. What is up with KD? So we learned on the morning of the first day of free agency that he wanted out. He talked to Brooklyn, wants a trade. He's how many years does he have left? Three or four years? Four years? Four years. He's got four years left on the contract he just signed last year. Uh Kyrie Irving opted into his his uh option and I'm not sure. I, when, when I first heard about this, I was like, oh, I think he's going to get traded. And then I looked at the deals that people are talking about. There's a Phoenix deal that's out there that may or may not work money-wise and picks-wise and cap-wise. And what they would be getting back is a nice haul, but maybe not a KD haul. Um, there, There's a, a couple of other deals. There's a Toronto deal out there. And then you look at the Warriors, and they have a tremendous prospects package, but they don't really have the draft picks as far you know because they're they generally are pick, going to be picking later. But what do you think is going to happen here with KD? Do you think he stays? Is, is Brooklyn going to play hardball with him? Uh, are, are is there an attractive package out there? And then you know, kind of where do the Warriors fit in this whole scenario? Ah, man. KD. Um, <laughs> we love the, I love the guy, but yeah, yeah this, is, this is quite the move. This is quite the flex for him, and it may backfire. I, I just, I blame it like so much of it on Kyrie Irving, man. I blame so much of it on Kyrie Irving. And I was kind of looking forward to seeing that squad run it back with Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons. But my thing is, we've been, I've been listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. I did uh, like an emergency podcast with, with the BAM guys, and I didn't even like think of this the easiest answer to this, which could be like, he just might stay. Yeah. Like at the end of all of this, he just might stay on the band. We were just trying to concoct a ton of potential trades. And, and it's just that you're right. None of them are really a KD package. If, like if, if you look at that Phoenix suns one, where it's going to be like Mikel bridges, Deandre Ayton, and picks, that's more of like a James Harden hall. Yeah. When you looked at what the, what the Brooklyn nets gave to get James Harden, they gave Karis Levert, Jared Allen, kind of a similar thing right there. There's okay, no, what, KD. what if Utah, uh, not Utah, sorry. Minnesota, like that, that, that scenario is not even like the crazy thing that, that, that Utah, you know, was able to get from, from Minnesota, just from the amount of stuff that they were able to get. Cause Brooklyn doesn't have any of these, um, you know, Brooklyn's pick scenario over the next few years is kind of junky. So, but they also can't lose because if they lose, then the picks that they just sent all of these other teams in these trades, they're going to be really good picks. So there's no reason to tank. So you have no reason to tank. You want to be competitive. You got to get back something for our, for KD that keeps you competitive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's why that Suns one kind of makes sense because Aiden and Bridges paired with, I guess, Ben Simmons is a really good defensive unit when you think about it. But offensively, they're not that great. But, you know, looking at like, should we just talk about the Warriors one? Yeah, go for it. So uh, what has been rumored? Wiggins, like the, the crazy one that we've seen is like Wiggins, Wiseman, Poole, Kaminga, and Moody. Is it all of those guys in that one we've seen? That sounds like kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And then you have to do picks? Yeah, my, my feedback on that is 
Wiggins in a package for KD makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Wiggins and Wiseman in a package for KD makes a lot of sense. But once you start adding more to that, it doesn't make as much sense because the Warriors have been strategically stacking all these assets um, either to, to be able to stay in this superstar ball game if they want, but also because there's this transition coming where Steph and Draymond and Clay are all in their younger to mid thirties. And so you want these younger players to play with them so they can gain the experience and they can get in the postseason and, and be, and so you have this interesting way that, that Joe Lacob and Bob Myers are, are trying to, fix this team for the next five years while still keeping the the team really good today. And so you, you would throw that out for a four year run with Katie and Steph and Draymond is up. I think Draymond's contract is up not next year, but the year after. And I think Clay's is up two years after two years after next. So whatever, whatever it is, you're basically saying, we're all in on these four guys for the next four years because that's our best opportunity to win, which is possibly fine. It's it's maybe what they would have done with the younger players as well. <clears throat> I just don't think they give up every asset for this guy, knowing that he could pull the same thing and say, I'm frustrated here, trade me away. And at some point, when you continue to do that, you know, it's a little bit of the the boy who cried wolf and other teams you know, don't blink as easily, which is why I think this was an interesting strategy for him because Brooklyn has all the leverage in this scenario. What leverage does KD have other than I'm KD and my agents, you know, my agent wants this for me and it's in your best interest to work. You know, like, I'm not sure the the leverage that, that he has in this scenario is like, others have had in in this scenario and it's because he has a four-year deal he's not on the last year of his deal um and that's why i think that you know the nets could just say look mr mr kevin duran here there's no package out there that we've looked at that is a fair return for you and obviously they want to hit too they they don't want to just get dollar for dollar they probably want to get dollar 25 for kd mm -hmm. to the dollar and if they, if they don't find that, then they could just totally say, dude, you're suiting up for next year. And Kevin Durant, as we know, is like just loves basketball. He doesn't for all we know, he, he doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't have kids. He just <laughs> wants to hoop. The guy literally just wants to hoop. So with that, like knowledge, I really don't think he would be one to sit out. I feel like if he's healthy and if he's good to go, he'll go play basketball because that's what he loves doing. So they could just bring him back. The one the one the, the toxic one is Kyrie. I don't know. I don't know what that what, what's going to end up happening with that one. Well, I, I don't. I agree, the Kyrie piece, but here's why this looks bad on KD. You you just said it. Basketball is his girlfriend. Basketball is is the most important thing to me, to him outside of his mama. You know, outside of the real MVP, his mom. When you decide that you are going to hitch your wagon to Kyrie Irving, that is not just a basketball decision. That is a business decision. You are partnering up with this guy as a business partner. And for him to be all over the map with stuff and the vaccine and who knows, you know, what he's thinking from, from one day to another. And I'm not saying that Kyrie is not a smart guy. I, I do believe he's a smart guy. He is also somebody who believes that the rules as, as they are created are, aren't necessarily always for him. Now, if he can get away with it, more power to him. But I think what this whole scenario shows is you hitched your wagon to a guy who did not believe that that partnership was necessarily the same responsibility for him because of how he, he did. And look, if he's the one who pushed James Harden out of town... I 100% believe that. Because like James 100%. Harden is like, my gosh, I don't want to deal with this guy. If that, then, then that's another thing, right? Then, then that's another reason why he's a bad business partner. So I think that's why it looks bad on KD. Maybe KD doesn't care, but the next time KD goes, hey, I want to pair up with this guy, whatever that team is, is going to be like, mm, 
your 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 judgment uh, on the the last one wasn't fantastic there buddy and uh you know we may not go down that route again i i'm just wondering if like whatever team lebron goes to lebron like whether it's said or not kind of controls who is going to play with him he mm-hmm. has a he has a a large voice in the general manager did you see the genie bus thing today yeah is that with the one that she the mid uh, the i miss kobe bryant tweet yeah okay so so yeah. genie bus says i miss kobe bryant he would understand and explain everything that i'm not allowed to honestly he was the greatest laker ever he understood team over self meaning your rewards would come if you valued team goals over your own then everything would fall into place all can reply okay is that a shot at lebron yeah i felt like it because so so somebody one, one of my friends uh, uh he listens to a lot of the wrestling stuff that i do his name is uh, kid machiavelli uh, on twitter he he's been telling me he's like genie's going to pick rob over lebron and i'm like I don't see it. I don't see a scenario in which Genie Bus goes executive over the top player or the you know most famous player in the league, the guy who, who who's the biggest part of the NBA right now. And so he he sent me that tweet and he said she's picking Rob over LeBron. And I said, okay, I would believe you if. All the free agents the Lakers just signed weren't clutch guys, right? Like, from what I understand, a lot of these guys that they signed were clutch guys. So, like, that's – I don't agree with it. I I think it's still sort of LeBron's team, and and maybe the the frustration was over something that she just related to Kobe. I don't know. It it didn't seem – when when you write something that is sort of ambiguous like that, it just makes people wonder, and that's not a great – thing for the leader of the franchise to to do maybe it was just like i miss kobe and then we are thinking that it was actually a shot at lebron maybe it's just an i miss kobe but all that to say i miss kobe (laughs) all that to say um we're at an interesting place right now where players have so much control the top players have so much control of their franchises and yet steph is the opposite of that. Now, I'm sure Steph has some control. He has some ideas. I'm sure he has a say. They go to him. We saw him at Summer League sitting next to Bob Myers. But Steph doesn't put his foot down and go, this needs to happen or I'm going to be unhappy, at least from the actions that we've seen by the Warriors. It looks like he goes, here's my input. I trust you guys to make that decision. I need to focus on what I need to do. So it's a little bit different. And... What I wonder with here is if this KD moment is when the power that the players have accumulated in this situation where LeBron, you know, you talk to certain people or you hear certain people and they're like, yeah, LeBron and his people really run the Lakers. Like, it's not as much about, um, you know, the GM. It's like, what does LeBron want? Here's what LeBron wants. And in order for us to continue to have LeBron, we have to give him what he wants. Now, I don't know if it's that cut and dry. It may be different. That's sort of what you hear. Mm-hmm. It looks like KD tried to do the same thing. And, I think he did do the same thing. But in this scenario, if, if this was LeBron and Genie, would we get this far with, with, with where LeBron is? It seems like LeBron would cover his, his tracks a little bit better here than KD did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what Kevin Durant like brings him and Kyrie Irving make this little pack to go to Brooklyn. And then it's like, oh, wait, our, our, our buddy DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan has to come as well. Bad contract signing. That was the move number one. I'm assuming KD had to sign off or got the main sign off on, you know, all those ring chasing vets that they brought in, whether it be Millsap, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, who else was the Goran Dragic, Patty Mills, you know, that's all that seems like all, you know, KD. I think, I think Bill Simmons said that he might not have had a sit much of a say in those seemed like a, not a bad idea to get someone like uh Millsap on your, mm-hmm. on your squad. But I'm, I'm assuming that Kevin had a lot of say in that as well. You know, he says, and, and, and I'll preface this with, with who wouldn't, but, he he goes. He's like anything it takes to get Harden. Like we need that guy on our team. Do anything it takes. 
I guess who wouldn't at the time when Harden's coming off of the years he's coming off of maybe looking a little chubby, but <laughs> but they they go and get Harden, and then the buddy that he attached himself to doesn't get the vaccine, regardless of your stance. He didn't play basketball. James Harden, then, in my opinion, that's why he left. He's frustrated because KD and Kyrie probably told him, like, you come here and and we're gonna we're gonna win some championships. You know, that's yeah. what that's what Harden's missing on his resume. He has yep. like almost everything else. Yep. And he doesn't have a championship. That's probably what he wants. And Kyrie doesn't play basketball. I think there was a comment where Kyrie finally was able to come back. Um, I think he came back for an away game against the Chicago Bulls. And they they killed the Bulls. And I think one of the post-game pressers after that was James Harden saying, like, jokingly, like, you know, I'll give it to him myself, like the, the shot. <laughs> and I think that really rubbed Kyrie the wrong way. And so James Harden is bounced out of that. I feel like James Harden sometimes gets a bad rep for doing what we're about to say KD does, where, yeah. oh, if KD's happy, then I, I'm unhappy, then I guess he's just going to leave again. Oh, if Harden's unhappy, I guess he's just going to leave again. I do feel like this one was like, buddy, come on, you're not playing yeah. basketball. You promised me that we're going to get some rings. I, I, this not happening. You're not playing basketball. Yeah. You know, this, 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 this team is suited around all three of us, you know, being healthy. We saw it in the Bucks versus the Nets series when Kyrie goes down, when James Harden's like a shell of himself because he gets hurt too. They couldn't get it done. I think with all three of them healthy, they probably would have had a chip by now, but you know, the healthiest team always wins and, and Kyrie Irving not playing basketball made James Harden want to leave. Um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I blame, everything on Kyrie Irving. Like I think Bill Simmons did a pie chart. I I think he gave 80% to, to KD and Kyrie. I think I give like 85 to 90% on solely Kyrie. Which is which is harsh, but also Kyrie looks at that and he goes, eh, it's not my fault. I'm fine. Yeah, whatever. Um all right. So Roderick Adams, uh, my buddy Rod is here. Uh he says Mercurial is what Kyrie is. But then he also said uh, Brian Windhorst was reporting that the next owner, the Nets owner, would rather win 40 games and be proud of his team than go through another year like last season, which is an interesting comment because not to say that the Warriors' entire franchise went through some up and downs with, with every year of KD, but it's pretty clear after they won the first championship with KD, uh, th- then they win the second championship with KD. And the second championship was, you know, w- w- was tougher than the first one for sure. And then by the third year, we get the Draymond and KD blow up. Uh, Draymond has been on his podcast to sort of explain what it was about, which he he, he was talking about how, you know, Steph, uh, S- Steph invited him to his home. Like, that's like the most respect you would ever give someone. And, and KD kind of took that for granted, whatever he was trying to say. But that's the example he was trying to use. I wonder if the Warriors were 100% sure they wouldn't go through 2019 all over again. I wonder if they'd be more apt to give up some of the assets that they do have for him. But they probably have very clear memories of 2019 and how that whole thing ended. Mm-hmm. And that probably gives them a little apprehension to go all in with the, with the poker chips on, on the KD trail. And who knows if Kate even wants to come back? Like he he spent the last three years trying to say that you know uh, all the stuff that Ethan wrote in his book, which is the fact that Katie was frustrated that the Oakland area and and the Bay Area just wasn't going to love him like they love Steph. Like that that's in Ethan's book. Now you may agree with it or you may not not agree with it, but does he want to go through that again? You know, being a little, especially after the finals that Steph just had, because mm-hmm. you're conceding, I'm in, and I know what the deal is here. I just want to win. If he says that and he comes in like that, may- maybe they can get another one or two championships. But you kind of feel like that frustration. What what he went through in 2019 would just resurface again, and then you know m- maybe we go through another two- yeah. 2019. So that, that's an interesting thing. And even though it's a trade, if he signs off on it, which I don't know how much say he has in this with four years left on his contract. Um, but if he like signs off on that and makes the Warriors, I guess, a preferred trade destination, like everything that happened in 2017, where it's like, you know, the fans, the snake, like he's one of the most hated players in the NBA still to this day because of what he did in 2017. That just all resurfaces too. That just makes him, paints him as like the weakest player in the NBA has to go back to 
Stephen Curry to, to win a ring. But if you look at it on paper, if the Warriors get Kevin Durant, and even if they lose all that stuff, you can guarantee at least two rings in, less four, in the next four years. Like they will be title favorites every year, every year until, you know, until he leaves. The only but thing that would hold them back is injuries because they would yeah. have Steph, who has been great, but still has, you know, an ankle situation that we almost thought was going to, was going to screw them in this finals. You have KD coming off of an Achilles. You have Clay coming off of an Achilles and an ACL. And we hit, we went through this whole thing with Draymond's calf, which was really about his back. back. We didn't really know what it was about. So that's an old team. And, you know, they would, it would Steve Kerr. Oh man, Steve Kerr's back problems may flare up trying to figure out how to, you know, how to play some guys and, and lessen the minutes. I mean, that, that would be quite the puzzle too. Uh, all right. We, we talked a lot about KD. This is probably not going to be the last time we talk about KD. I'm sure next week we'll have uh, another conversation here, but before we get out of here, I do want to mention we went to summer league on Saturday. Now they're the California classic is in chase center and there are two days Saturday and Sunday of basketball. Uh, and then they, I think, and then the whole thing moves to Vegas. So you kind of just texted me out of the blue and was like, do you want to go? I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds really fun. I didn't even, it, it was like so much more fun than I imagined that it was going to be. We got to see all kinds of people, all kinds of, uh, everyone, you know, on the, all the young players were there, even though they weren't playing, like Wiseman, Moody, um, Quindary, uh, Rollins. PBJ. PBJ, they were all there. They couldn't play. Only uh, no, nobody played from you know from the the main team. Uh, they were there. Steph was there with his son. D Lee was there. Uh, Seidel was there. Bob Mike Myers. Brown. Mike Brown was in the house. Lake we, didn't up. See, we didn't see Kerr. I didn't even see Lake up. You saw him. I saw Lake up. He was he was walking back from Steph's section. Okay, at like one point. But ultimately. Now that that's that's the fun part, the, just seeing people, probably easier access. Uh, Anthony Slater walked by and you yelled out Slater. I think you scared the poor guy because uh, <laughs> you were so close. We were so close to him that he kind of turned around and just kind of waved, you know. And uh, I, I told you that you should have talked about the Bam Pod, and he would have definitely remembered you if you would have just know. said that. But overall, like, what was the experience like? Because you're into these prospects. You're into the young players. You're into seeing Keegan Murray and, and how he fits, you know, against the M- NBA guys. So what was your overall impression of Summer League? It was so fun because I'm not going to say, like, the dollar amount that we spent. But, you know, in the regular season, I bet you the seats we got go for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah, probably but like because, 500 bucks. Because it's the summer league, we get that at a way discounted price. So we were just like third row. And if you look at the TV, we're on like every single possession <laughs> on TV. And yeah, you're just so close to the prospects. And, you know, they, uh, I mean, maybe they don't think they're big shot yet. So it feels like easy access to to say what's up or something. But, you know, it was cool seeing what first game was Lakers versus Heat. Saw Jamari Bouye. Shout out to Jamari because he is, he went to high school in my conference. Um, and he's, he's on a, uh, I think he's just on a summer league deal right now with the heat. Um, who else? Scotty Pippen jr. Sharif O'Neal, mm-hmm. uh, Lakers rookie, Max Christie. Um, who was just like tons and tons of prospects on the heat side. NBA, NBA retweet took my photo and, uh, and <laughs> yeah. put it in their feed just and straight he, from your feed. They tagged me. They tagged me in it. And it's at, it's currently at 426 hearts. And 26 retweets. So it's just a po- it's just a photo of uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. and uh, Nikol- Nikola uh, Jovic just mm-hmm. in the same shot. So yeah, as they- like in the sense of like a you know breaking news or something. Like it felt like we had that access. Like we mm-hmm. could be the people that just took the video and posted it, and you know got a ton of publicity because we were the ones to post it first like that's kind of how it felt and i was trying to semi take advantage of that but um my my camera ended up dying when keegan started going (laughs) off (laughs) but yeah i I really want to see keegan fourth pick overall i was i wasn't too um high on the pick because i think Jaden ivy is going to turn into something better than what keegan murray is ever going to be but he was really good um and so he was a he was a man amongst boys for sure yeah yeah and then, and then on the Warriors side, you know, even though all of our guys were out, like you said, all sitting on the sidelines, 
basically no one available. It was cool seeing a guy like Gui Santos getting a shot, like getting getting like the opportunity to to, to and he to, and he sees the opportunity when all these guys were out. Um, I like Lester Quinones. Awesome. Okay, let, let, let's go back to Gui for a second because when we're watching this game, it felt like we were watching a moment that we that that may play into sort of the future. I didn't know what to expect from Guy Santos. I thought he was just going to be, you know, the new just Justinian Jessup and talk about this disappointing. He had two disappointing games back to back. Now, Guy Santos's second game on Sunday, I I didn't see it, but you had said that the box was not fantastic and it was not. But his Saturday game was awesome. Somebody called uh, Slater said that somebody called him Brazilian Luca. Which was kind of funny because I mean that's what he was. He was handling the ball. He was every the whole offense was working off of him. What he was doing, he shot a three. You know he's going to the hole, getting fouled on every opportunity. The only the the one thing that I noticed in the very beginning, like, and this is what's cool about summer league is these guys are trying to make an impression, right? They're not only playing for their teams, but they're playing for all the GMs because if there's an injury or if there's a slot that's open. They're like, they want to put their best foot forward so that, you know, they could possibly be in the mix. And so Guy Santos, first two possessions of the game, he takes the ball and he goes so hard to the bucket. But his mind, he's trying to do 27 things at one time. And both times he loses the ball and it ends up he's going to the floor and there was a jump ball on one of them. But I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is on overload. He's trying to do so much. Then he pulled back a little bit. I'm sure he got some coaching and they probably told him like, dude, like you're going too hard. Like let the game come to you. And it was fantastic. I was just like, wow, this guy can actually play some basketball. And like, it was funny that um, there was a, uh, a couple of young kids, young dudes in front of us. And I kept saying, I don't know how they heard me. Cause I was wearing my mask, but I was like, uh, you know, I said something about gee and, He's like, oh yeah, I I, I agree, like gee. And then the the MVP chant started for Steph, and I was like, are we sure those are for Steph or are those for Gee Santos? And uh, but that was fun, like just watching somebody who you know as a second round pick where the Warriors drafted him. They probably didn't. The the you know we we heard immediately draft and stash, which is what they 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 said, right? But is he? Uh, is he is he on the level of Lester Quinones, who who's going to be on a two way? Is he on the level of a Quindarian, uh, Weatherspoon, who we saw some some stuff from him last year, but you know he's mostly playing in the G League. Just based on pure talent, he's probably just as talented or more talented than those guys but they have a little bit more experience. They know the organization. They've been practicing at Santa Cruz. They've been practicing, you know, I'm sure Santa Cruz runs a lot of the same sets that the Warriors run. So they've had that kind of full initiation in the system. And that's not, he hasn't had that yet. So it's very possible that he still will be a draft and stash guy. Do we know if Lester Quinones was on the Santa Cruz team last year? I'm not sure if I entirely recognize him. I'll look him up as, as you yeah but i think with 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 gui santos i think talent wise i think he's better than both of them talent wise i think he's talent wise you can argue who else is on the roster talent oh god this might this might hot take i guess divincenzo i think i think gui santos has more to his bag he obviously has the height he has the wingspan to be a better player with better potential but what he's like not that at all right now like you could tell the recklessness the doing too many things at once the I feel like I feel like his handle isn't totally as as established as you'd want it to be. Um, he was getting a lot of foul calls, but guess what? Rookies don't get foul calls like that in the league. Uh, how many how many foul calls did Jonathan Kaminga get? And I feel like Jonathan Kaminga got fouled on every play because he was going so hard <laughs> to the hoop. And and Gui Santos is just not going to get that type of whistle. So I, I I want there to be a way. I don't know. Again, we only <laughs> we don't really know how these things work in the but like he needs to be in in Santa Cruz. Yeah, like the whole season. Like I don't, he does not. He can't go back to Brazil. That's just what I think. So Lester Quinone, you're you're 100 right. I was wrong on him. He was uh, he they 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 signed him out of Memphis, and he played three years at Memphis, uh, undrafted. 
he didn't really he doesn't have really any eye popping stats uh, from college though he shot three pointer uh, last two years of his college career forty percent and thirty nine percent and when he we watched good, him, though. when we watched him he definitely w- was a player I think he had nineteen points in the second game that we didn't go to so uh, so yeah I mean he's he's on the radar so what I said about him over Guy does does not relate but mm-hmm. the Weatherspoon uh scenario does but yeah you know that the, there's there's some options there and it, it's going to be fun to see what they do because if you're bob myers you're like okay the the top half of our roster is just like completely it's 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 set now what can they do with sort of this bottom half and and some mm-hmm. of these santa cruz players maybe how do you improve that part of your roster all of that stuff so that'll be interesting to see how he does that any other takeaways from summer league anything else cool that you thought that uh, happened? Um, Cause I mean, we talked about doing it again next year and maybe instead of, you know, going to Vegas is fun and, and doing the Vegas summer league thing. I would suggest to do that at least once, but heck it's right in our backyard. We might as well go, maybe even go to both days next year. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like there's going to be no Keegan Murray le- next year. Because if the, I mean I think it's I think it is these four teams. That's the California Classic for some reason. Miami's in it. Well, yeah. How's but, the heat in this thing? I don't know. But um, there's I'd assume all four of those teams to not be like bottom four teams to get a uh, good pick. So I mean I, I think it's just it's like that 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 kind of um, top pick is probably not going to be there. But still, it was so much fun. I would love to go again, and I think we should get the, the same seats if not better, and take advantage oh, yeah. of oh, yeah, the cheaper. Totally cheaper seats but yeah that was that was that yeah that was totally one of the most fun i've ever i've i've, I've had at a, at a warriors game especially it was back-to-back games you know seeing some of the guys the kids the scotty pippen jr the sharif o'neal i don't think we're too high on sharif o'neal but well you know i mean he he did a little bit of the dirty work but he didn't really have to do anything he just grabbed rebounds had a couple easy putbacks but he didn't he didn't try to really do anything like yeah no, no attempts to stand out. He was looked like he wanted to do the dirty work. Scotty Pippen is a fun player. He's good at six three. The only thing I was thinking of was he's pretty smart. He's not super duper athletic, but he looked like a he- very heady, smart player. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, what would he do against GP three? And then I said, probably absolutely nothing. And that's why he wasn't drafted. <laughs> What would he uh, sorry, GP2. 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 Yeah. He's on a two-way, though. He, yeah. The Lakers did sign him to a two-way. So, yeah, it's very yeah. cool for him. Yeah, good. good. We'll see. We'll see with them. But, yeah, we need to do it again. Max and Christie. I like him. He, the Lakers actually drafted him. He's second-round draft pick. Yeah, second-round draft pick. I actually think he's kind of good from what we saw. He, he seems like also another guy who's who's willing to do the dirty work, but also he has the the shooting potential. And, yeah, I, what I think about he's a good Jay, What about Jay Huff? We've watched that guy in the G League. We watched him, and the guy just can't find a spot. He deserves to be. He's gonna like, probably have he a may spot. Get a chance. He may get a chance with the Lakers. Yeah, because he's a he's a what damn near seven foot center who can shoot threes, block shots, and finish off a of oops. Like I don't know what teams are waiting for with that guy. Like I sure he could just be sitting. I don't know two way deal. Just two way him. Someone's got a two way him. Max McClung. Yeah, that guy's the ultimate villain. Yeah, he hit a buzzer beater. Um, I forgot what quarter it was. I think it was the third quarter against the Heat, and then stares at the bench for a brief second, and then I think he realized, like, wait, this is just like the California classic. <laughs> but did you get okay. that one on video? Yeah, I tweeted that one. Okay, uh, it's at it's at the Bam Pods Twitter because you yeah. had that one, and then you had Lester Quinones, and then um, Jovich. Uh, but my camera died, and there's still a ton of videos that I have that are probably worth posting. There you go. So ultimate so- ultimate access, man. We got it. We got to do it again. Yeah, yeah, you definitely check it out. And then um you talk about Frankie Ferrari. Frank. That's what you're calling him because he yeah. didn't do I'm Jack calling him Red. Frank because the second time we've seen him play, we saw him play in the G League, uh the game that we went to in at Chase when Wiseman came back to the G League. This is before he got hurt again. And we saw Frank Frankie Ferrari play, and then he plays in this game. He's the backup point guard for the Lakers. Kings. Oh, I'm sorry, Kings. And this dude missed every shot. He had two <laughs> points because of free throws, but he's missed every single shot. And I was like, 
you can't be Frankie Ferrari and miss 10 shots in a row in a summer league game. So he's just Frank to me. He's playing like a Toyota. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. That was fun. That'll be it. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week at some point. And just a little bit of a preview for the Thompson and Clark podcast. Brad's heated, man. Brad is a very angry, angry Giants fan. So I'm sure Brad and I tomorrow will, will uh, in our live streaming podcast, we'll talk about the Giants, but the last tweet or last text, I'm sorry, that Brad sent us, that was not a screen grab. All it said was, this team is ass. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> We're, we're going to have a quite a conversation tomorrow on Thompson Clark podcast. So yeah, we'll probably do that at around five ish Tuesday. If you are also a giants fan, as you are a warriors fan, check it out also on the BSPN network. Um, so what's coming down the pipe with the band pod. It's three shows a week. Ideally <laughs> we got, um, we got summer league. I'm sure we're going to talk summer league, try to get some guests on who covered the teams, um, football working on that as well during the off season. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's more of a quiet week. Uh, but what about the, the Detroit Lions guy? Did you post that one already? Oh, no. I, I'll probably post that one tonight and then put, put a post up tomorrow. The, yeah, the guy, the guy uh, he covers the, the Lions. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a great conversation. He knows his stuff and it was a lot of fun. So cool. make sure to put that up. All right, so check out the BAM pod. Uh, check out BSPN. Uh, give us both some five stars on, on Apple Podcasts. Get those ratings up. And uh, yeah, that'll be it from here. So we will see everybody next week. For Bri, I'm Double G. See you when you see. See you when we see you. Peace out.